Welcome back to the Elite Level Cross Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Mondello, and today's episode is brought to you by Sticks and Style Lacrosse Company. If you're looking for some holiday gifts for the lacrosse player, fan, or friend, Sticks and Style Lacrosse Company has it for you. Check them out on Instagram and on Etsy at sticksstylelacrosse.etsy.com. And now let's get into today's episode. Today's episode, we're going to talk all things ACC. Probably, if not the best, one of the top two, three conferences in the country. Um, for the most part, year in and year out, um, they're producing some of the best teams in the country. Last year um, was one of those years where we had our championship game um, pitting two ACC teams against each other in, in Notre Dame and Duke. Um, and it made for a, a very entertaining game. Um, Notre Dame came out on top. Uh, but again, um, looking at the 2024 season, I think the ACC is going to be a strong conference yet again. Um, and I think some of the teams that um, we've been kind of waiting for to, to really you know, continue to build momentum um, and get back onto that big stage of, of making it to the NCAAs, um, I think this is the year that the ACC um, really could probably get you know, at least three teams, but I think could get four teams. Um, I think it's going to be a conference that is going to be very strong. Um, we're going to talk about our predictions for the 2024 season, um, you know, our preseason predictions, um, but we're going to talk a little bit about and recap uh, the 2023 season. Um, so when we look at it and we look at, you know, the ACC nationally, when we're looking at statistics, you know, from national rankings, um, you know, when we start off, we look at the winning percentage, you know, and when we look at the top five teams in the country, um, and this spans all of division one, you know, we see that, you know, Virginia falls in at number five, um, with the, you know, fifth highest winning percentage in the country, um, at 76.5%. Um, you've got Duke at number two at 84.2%. Um, and then Notre Dame last year, you know, was, was top in the nation, um, with a winning percentage of 87.5. Um, so when you look at that, you have three teams from the same conference within the top five um, of winning percentage nationally. I mean, it's going to make for a strong conference. Um, and again, year in and year out, you know, there'll be those years where, you know, not, not you know, one ACC team maybe gets in, um, but we're used to we're used to at least three to four teams getting in. Um, so again, I think when we look at twenty twenty four, I think we're going to see some of those teams again. I, I think Notre Dame, Duke is a team that should have a high winning percentage again. Um, I think Virginia has some work. Um, they do have some spots to fill in, not a lot. Um, but they have some some holes to fill in, you know, at the at, at the offensive end when when you're losing McConvey at midfield, you're losing Dixon down on attack, you're losing two of your three starting defenders. Um, I think there's going to be some holes to fill. Um, where when you look at Notre Dame and you look at Duke, there's not a lot of holes there to fill. You have a Syracuse team as well who. Um, is returning a lot of firepower from last year. Um, definitely a team that has has climbed the ladder, so to speak. 
um, you know, going from the 2022 season into 2023. I think that momentum continues for them, um, as well as a strong recruiting class. Um, they brought in probably one of, you know, o- overall one of the best um, in depth um, transfer portal classes in the last couple years. You know, I know that there's been some years where, you know, we, we've had some, some guys transferring to, you know, ACC schools or bigger schools. Um, and this year, I think that the amount, the amount of talent that Syracuse is bringing in from, from the portal um, is tremendous. It's only just going to add to that team. Um, I think a lot of us feel that, you know, UNC is going to bounce back. You know, they had some injuries last year, especially to some younger guys. Um, and I think with, you know, a rebuilt coaching staff, you know, you're you're bringing in, you know, Petromala as your new defensive coordinator. Um, you've got a new offensive coordinator there. You, you look over to Virginia, um, losing Kerwin um, at the offensive end as your offensive coordinator to Dartmouth. We know he took the, the Dartmouth head coaching position. Um, so can Cassis, you know, fill in that role? I think he can. You know, he's got a ton of talent. Um, he's a great coach. Uh, but again, there, there's some, some new faces on the coaching staff um, for, for teams like Virginia, for UNC, um, which have been, you know, very stable um, in years past. So again, um, you know, when we, when we look at that, um, you know, we're going to look at who our top five teams are, um, who our number one pick is, you know, that, you know, going into the 2024 season. Uh, but again, that winning percentage, you know, you had Notre Dame, you had Duke and you had Virginia, you know, right there, top five in the country. Um, and then when you look at scoring margins, you know, those three teams, again, are right there within the top five in the country. Notre Dame, again, at number one um, with the highest scoring margin in the country. Virginia at three with 5.12. And then Duke falls to fifth. So, again, you've got, you know, those three teams right there in the top five in winning percentage, right there in the top five in scoring margin. Um, and, again, then they you move over to scoring offense, and those three teams are there again. Um, Man-up offense. Um, Syracuse now jumps into the picture. They had the, the third top man up unit in the country, um, going 56.5%. Um, that was the best in the country and best in the ACC. Um, and again, this, this unit brings back a lot of pieces plus adds a lot of depth. So again, I think, you know, having that strong core nucleus of offensive talent, um, their man up unit should be thriving again this year. Um, Virginia, I think there's a couple guys that they're going to have to find, you know, fill in some pieces. Um, but again, Virginia was ranked number four in the country in man-up offense. Notre Dame was right there at fifth um, in the country. And again, so you're seeing kind of a, a trend with a lot of these teams. You know, offensively, these teams have have a lot of talent. And it's it's not just the talent that you see on the field. It's the ability to have guys come off the bench to fill roles on your man-up unit and produce four to five to six man up goals for your man up unit and that's their sole responsibility is you know having these guys come in um for for significant roles on your offense you know when you look at you know the depth that they have you know in their second midfield line in their third midfield line in their ability to you know take 
you know, recruits and recruit these players as, you know, potentially offensive midfielders and fill a void at a defensive midfield role with a, a player that's got, you know, exceptional speed, exceptional stick skills. You know, you're, you're giving that player an opportunity to play early as a defensive midfielder instead of sitting and waiting, you know, two or three years to get, you know, adequate and, and, and enough time as an offensive guy. And these players, you know, can support and help in transition. They can push the ball down the field. They are uh, threats at the offensive end. Um, so again, these uh, these teams, they just bring in enough talent to where, you know, they have a second, a third line midfield. Um, and in some cases, the guys that are like even a fourth line midfielder, a second line D midfielder, you know, could be a starter and and a and a and a go to guy for a lot of D one schools. Um, so again, you know these offenses are are some of the best offenses in the country. Um, and then you look at points per game. Um, we see that Virginia, um, you know, was scoring was averaging about twenty eight points per game. Um, they finished first in the country. You have Notre Dame at number three with twenty three point um, eight one points per game, and then Notre Dame uh, North Carolina um, falls in at number four. Um, so again, you know, we had Syracuse kind of jump in there at the, uh, with the man up offense. Points overall per game. Notre Dame is now in the picture. Um, so again, you know, the, the margins are so close with these teams, you know, that, you know, when you look at it and you say, okay, well, Notre Dame's averaging about 23 points a game. Uh, North Carolina, 23.5 points per game. I mean, that margin is, you know, very, very thin. Um, and again, the margin of error for these games um, is very thin. You know, it's it's a couple extra turnovers here. It's, you know, a, a few offensive possessions that, you know, don't flow and, and are a little erratic. Um, it's your defense breaks down a little bit. You're not winning faceoffs consistently. You know, it, it, it immediately, the, the, Pendulum can swing the other way very quickly in these games for these ACC teams. Um, you look at assists per game. Um, Virginia, number one at 11.47. Um, you have North Carolina finishing third at 8.86. And again, you know, North Carolina, you know, was a team that was, you know, there with Syracuse at the bottom end of the conference, um, you know, wasn't a top you know, top team that, you know, Notre Dame, Duke, Virginia was right there, one, two, three. And then you had, you know, North Carolina and you had um, Syracuse, you know, in the four and the five spot. Um, but again, you see that statistically, North Carolina is, is able to produce a lot of points, able to, you know, share the ball at a high percentage, you know, eight assists per game, you know, is, is third best in the country behind Boston, uh, BU and Virginia. Um, so again, their offenses are, are very, very potent. Um, then you kind of look at, you know, defensively ground balls. Um, and again, the, the, we'll talk more about, you know, the goalies and, and cost turnovers and things of that nature. Um, but again, you know, really when you look at it at, at, from a ground ball standpoint, you know, Virginia was the only ACC team to fall in the top five um, nationally. So again, you know, they're, they were producing 39.65 um, ground balls a game. Um, so again, that's huge. And again, they, 
they do graduate, you know, their their top faceoff guy, but they do bring in some some two two really good players, um, one out of Navy, one out of Colgate, um, that hopefully can fill that void for them. Um, so again, you know, statistically, you know, these offenses very high power. Um, their goalies, you know, we'll get to that, but the goalies, um, you know, rank in in the top end of of the league because they've got to make a lot of saves. Um, so when we get into it, we're going to talk a little bit more just statistically with some individual players. But when you look at the ACC, you know, they've got players in almost every statistical category. You look at goals per game, you know, you got Peyton Cormier out of Virginia with 3.47 goals per game. Um, and we know how he is, you know, off ball, his ability to finish. He's very slick, very crafty. Ball gets in and out of his stick very quick. Um, and then you have a very complimentary type player uh, for Duke in Dyson Williams. Um, yeah, Dyson Williams can dodge. He, you know, he can, you know, shoot from the outside. You know, he's a very versatile player, but he's so good, you know, finishing the ball inside, finishing the ball you know, getting those passes off ball, um, finishing in tight, you know, and there's a reason why he's drafted in, in the NLL. Um, you know, this, this coming draft, you know, he was picked up very early. Um, so again, you have those two players. You have uh, Brendan O'Neill, who finished the year with 2.89 points per game. Um, and you got Chris Cavanaugh at a Notre Dame. Um, and those four, those four are in the top 20 in the nation. Um, so again, Duke's got two. You got Notre Dame in there. Um, you've got Virginia. Again, you know, goals per game. Um, you've got guys that are scoring a lot. And then, and then you look kind of down at the lower end of the top 50, and you got guys like Logan McGovern from UNC, um, who had 34 goals on the season, 2.43 per game. Joey Spelina, who was a freshman last year um, and is looking for another big time, you know, a big time season from him, you know, as a Dodger, as a feeder, as a, an offensive general. Um, last year, he had 36 goals on the season, 2.4 per game. So again, you know, there's, there's, Guys almost at every program that are right there, top 50 in the country in goals per game. Um, and then when you look at it offensively, you know, you have guys that are going to be fighting for, you know, the the Tuarton this year, Schellenberger, you've got O'Neill, you have Kavanaugh, who are all going to probably be in the preseason mix um, for player of the year. I'm sure Joey Spillane is going to be in there. Um, you know, a lot of these guys are going to be the face of the program, the face of the offense, um, the face of college lacrosse at the D1 level. You know, then you shift over to assists per game. You got Colin Schellenberger at 3.38 assists per game. Pat Kavanaugh, second in the country, 3.25. Uh, Christian Moulet, who's a transfer um, from Lehigh, now at Cuse. Um, he's a guy that's going to step in. You know, he was third in the country in assists per game. Brendan O'Neill, who we know is a big-time scorer, and we know what he did this past summer with Team USA. Um, but again, he finished 14th in the country um, with 2.21 um, assists per game. So again, there's there's a ton of guys there. Then you then you go into you know that next layer, you know, from, from 15 to about 35, and you've got Joey Spelina, Owen Hiltz at both out of Syracuse. Um, so right there, you couple Hiltz, Spelina, um, Mule, there are three guys um, that can distribute the ball. 
you know, and can give you anywhere from, you know, two to three assists per game. And that is tremendous, um, especially a team that didn't finish, you know, in the, in the top five last year um, with assists per game, um, you know, that could help them, you know, push up a little bit more and, and, and get more balance out of their offense. Um, you look down, at, you know, at 27, you have Logan McGovern again out of UNC. Josh Sawada, um, who's a transfer to Duke from Michigan, you know, finished, you know, 29th in the country um, in, in assists per game. Um, so again, you know, there's a lot of guys that can distribute the ball. There's a lot of guys that can finish the ball. Um, and then overall points per game, you have Colin Schellenberger, number two in the country, Brendan O'Neill, number four in the country, Christian Muley, who's now at Cuse, we just said, um, finished ninth in the country in points per game, Pat Cavanaugh, 11th, Joey Spolina, 22nd. Um, you know, so again, it is these, these big time names. And then you have guys, you know, very solid complimentary players and, and a Peyton Cormier who was 27th in the country um, with 4.27 points per game. Um, and he's back again. So, you know, losing Xander Dixon, um, we know what kind of season he had last year, but, you know, Schellenberger has Cormier, which is is tremendous. You know, Spolina has Hiltz um, and, and Muley. You look at, you know, uh, over at Duke, you know, O'Neal, um, you know, Dyson Williams, Josh Zawada, who could fill in there as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of pieces for those guys. You got Cav- the Kavanaugh's, um, you know, who complement each other very well. So, again, there's a ton of offensive talent. Uh, these offenses should be very potent going into this season. Um, and then you look at, you know, man-up goals. You know, you have Joey Spelina, who, you know, we were talking about the Syracuse man-up offense, but Joey Spelina, you know, finished with 10 EMO goals last year, um, which was third best in the country. You know, we have Chris Cavanaugh finished with eighth. Um, Jake Stevens, who was at Princeton last year, now transferred to Cuse, um, finished tied for seventh in the country with eight. Um, so again, you've got, you know, Spalina who had 10 man up goals. Stevens, you know, now transfers in, had eight. So you have guys that can finish, um, within your man up unit. And then there's Peyton Cormier who, you know, put on a show last year as a man up specialist. Um, you know, you got Devin McLean, who's a transfer from Brown to Notre Dame, um, who was tied for 13th in the country with seven EMO goals. Brendan O'Neill with seven EMO goals. Um, you know, and then there's those little specialists, you know, along the way, you know, that Notre Dame has that, you know, these programs have that can fill in and can come off the bench and, and provide a lot. You know, we saw that last year. Um, you know, in the championship game, you know, we saw uh, Jeffrey Ricciardelli, who, you know, last year had five man up goals, um, but he came in and played tremendous in those man up situations for Notre Dame. Um, so again, you know, you've got a lot of guys that can score. Um, and then when we shift over to the defensive side, you know, we're going to look at goalies first, but, you know, when you look at a goals against average, you have Liam Entman um, out of Notre Dame, who was top in the country. You know, he finished number six. Um, but again, when you, when you watch the body of work of this guy and you watch him in that championship game, you watch him throughout the season, um, he's got the ability to get you know, his body in front of the ball. He tracks the ball very well. He sells out um, his entire body to make that save. 
Um, he commands that defense. The ball is in and out of his stick. The moment he gets it, they're going. Um, you know, he he played great. He also seems to bait guys into into shooting certain locations. Um, you know, and you saw that in the championship game. You know, it it definitely hasn't burned him. But again, you know, he has that ability to kind of give a little bit and then take it away and, you know, play some head games with the shooters. Um, and he played tremendous in that championship game. You know, last year, he his goals against average um, was 9.55, um, which was, again, best for six in the country. You know, then you look at, you know, the rest of the league and you have William William Helm, who's returning to Duke. Um, you know, he was he finished 19th in the country. 10.97 goals against uh, average. Colin Krieg for UNC. Um, you know, the junior is back for his senior year. Um, played 14 games last year. He finished 21st in the country with 11.11 goals against average. Um, So again, you've got Duke, you have UNC, you have Notre Dame, you know, and then when you get into that that, that second half of the top 50, you know, Matthew News, uh, Will Mark, round out, you know, the ACC. Um, You know, when we look at news um, out of Virginia, there are games he looks great. There are games that he looks like he struggles. Um, I think for Will Mark, you know, he's a he's a guy that transferred in um, again from, you know, from a smaller school to, you know, Syracuse and and was given that job right away. Um, you know, it definitely is going to take him some time, but again, he's tremendous at making saves. Um, you know, he finished 41st in the country, giving up 12.9 goals against as his average. Um, but then you flip over to, you know, save percentage and in the top, you know, right around the top 10, you know, Will Mark finished 11th in the country, but you have Liam Entman, um, 57% save percentage, Will Mark, 54% save percentage. Um, so these guys are, you know, right there within the top 20 of the country. Um, news as well out of Virginia, 52%. Um, so you got three ACC goalies um, within the top 20 in the country, um, you know, with the likes of some of the best goalkeepers, you know, in division one, um, you know, we know guys like Knox Dent, Pat Ryan, um, out of the Patriot league, you know, those guys, you know, had great seasons last year. Um, you know, John Ficaro at Princeton, um, you know, had a great season last year. Um, Luke Stott out of Loyola, uh, Schaefer out of Vermont. So again, you know, there's a lot of really good goalies. Um, and right there within, you know, the top, top part of of the NCAA, you know, top 20 of three goalies with, you know, over 50% save percentage. Um, And then you have Will Mark, who, you know, averaged about 13 um, saves per game last year, which was best for eighth in the country. Um, So again, you know, he he had to make 207 saves, um, which is a lot for a goalie um, in 15 games. You know, so again, there's solid goalkeepers. Um, there's some guys that are transferring in. You know, there's some younger guys that are coming in as well. Um, but again, there is a, you know, across the board, every team is returning their starting goalie, um, which is going to be a, a, a huge boost for these defenses, especially a defense like Virginia, um, who has to fill a couple of holes. Um, Duke has to fill a couple of holes. Um, not a ton, but just, you know, there's a couple pieces that need to be filled in. Um, same thing with, you know, Notre Dame. Um, you lose Chris Fake. 
Um, so again, there's some spots that, you know, at the defensive end that need to be filled. Um, and again, having that solid goalkeeper is, is huge for these teams. Um, and then you kind of get into, you know, um, the defensive side of the ball. And again, um, I, I think that there's a lot of solid defenders coming back, but there's a lot of, you know, big time defenders that graduated last year. Um, you know, when, when you look at cause turnovers, you know, when you look at that stat, there are two guys, you know, ranked 16th and 18th in the country from last year. Um, and both are at Syracuse. You got, you know, Steven Schmidt, who's transferring from Mount St. Mary's um, to Syracuse. Um, you know, where they're going to play him is going to be, you know, very interesting. Are they going to, you know, play him at LSM? Are they going to play him at close D? Um, you know, but last year he had 29 cause turnovers and 181 uh, or, or about roughly close to two cause turnovers a game. Um, and again, when we talk about ground balls, you know, he's another guy that is, you know, very effective um, at gaining possession off of those ground balls. Um, so again, he's a guy that, you know, is definitely going to help this, this Syracuse defense. Um, and then you have Sam uh, Alexo, um, ranked number 18, junior. Um, he's going to be a senior this year. Last year, he was a junior. LSM, you know, again, 1.73 cause turnovers per game. But again, you got two guys at that LSM position. You know, are they gonna are they gonna alternate these two? Are they gonna try to move one down to close um, and just run one solely at the LSM position? But again, they have two guys within you know the top 20 um, for cause turnovers. Then you kind of get into ground balls. You know, and we have Jake uh, Naso. The Duke uh, faceoff guy played 19 games last year. You know, he finished ninth um, in the country in, in ground balls, you know, 8.63 per game. Um, you've got for UNC, Andrew Tyre, um, you know, who is back again. He finished, you know, 26 in the country with 6.2 um, ground balls per game. Then again, you got Steven Schmidt, who we just talked about, um, finished the year with 96. Will Lynch um, out of Notre Dame, you know, their face-off guy, had 94 ground balls last year, um, 5.88 per game. Um, so again, you know, there's a lot of guys. And then, you know, you get into, you know, the 40 to 50 range. Um, and you got Anthony Gobril, um, who is a transfer from Navy. He was the Na Navy face-off guy last year, transferring to Virginia. Um, he had 83 ground balls on the season, um, which is good for 5.19 per game. Um, so again, each team's got a, a, you know guys that can you know gain those ground balls uh, predominantly. You know, looking at you know a team like Virginia, you know um, a guy, you know a team like North Carolina, Notre Dame, Duke. It's predominantly their face-off guy. Um, and we're going to talk about how Syracuse is addressing that position as well. Um, but again. All these guys, you know, all these top faceoff guys are back um, for these teams. Um, and you've got Naso, who finished eighth in the country, you know, with 62% as his winning percentage at the faceoff X. Um, Gobrell out of, you know, Navy last year, but now at Virginia, finished 12th in the country um, with 60%. Um, you got Andrew uh, Tyre. You know, out of Notre Dame, who finished with you know fifty two percent. So again, you got three guys right there within the top fifty for faceoffs. And again, it's a it's a reoccurring theme. You know, these teams predominantly um, get a you know some of the 
you know, when we look at it as, a, as high school players, you know, they're some of the better, you know, high school prospects in the country. Um, and that doesn't say that they're the best recruiting classes, you know, because there are teams that, that gain, you know, recruits and bring recruits in and develop these guys. And these guys go on to be All-Americans. Um, you know, we see it throughout a lot of conferences and even some, some programs that you say, you know, I've never even heard of that team. You know, they're not really on TV that much. You know, they're kind of a, a team that's, you know, a 500 team. But they've got a goalie who's, you know, tops in the country in save percentage. Um, so again, you know, they do get strong recruiting classes, you know, at, from the high school, you know, level to the college level. Um, but again, you know, they just bring in so much that it's hard, you know, for a lot of other schools to compete. Um, but again, we, we've seen that, you know, margin definitely get closer and closer um, to where we have, you know, a lot more parity now at the college level. But again, you know, when you look at the ACC, you know, there's a lot of big pieces, a lot of big names returning um, at the offensive end. You got a lot of goalkeepers you, that are returning. You got a lot of face-off guys that are back. Um, it's a lot of, you know, names that we've heard of for several years now. Um, so when we get into kind of who, where we have these teams, you know, some of it is definitely going to be based on what we saw last year. Um, what we're seeing, you know, in their recruiting and in their, you know, transfer portal pickups um, that are going to help support us in making our decision of who is, you know, number one in, in the ACC preseason rankings. But again, you know, a, a lot of this is going to be depending on injuries. It's going to depend on can some of these new faces fit in? What is the new offensive system going to look like for Virginia? Um, what is Petromala going to bring to the table um, in now going from, you know, an assistant at Syracuse to an assistant at UNC? Um, what is that going to look like? You know, it, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what changes are some of these teams going to make? What changes will Notre Dame and Duke make? You know, Duke's got to say to themselves, you know, we were we were in that championship game. How do we get over the hurdle? How do we beat that Notre Dame team? Um, you know, was it just Notre Dame playing the best lacrosse that they could play, um, you know, in the playoffs and in that championship game? Um, you know, how, how are some of these teams, how is a UNC going to climb that ladder, you know, to finish second or first in the conference? Um, what's it going to look like? What's it going to take? There's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, so when we look at our, you know, our top, you know, five, you know, these five teams out of the, you know, ACC, you know, our number five pick for preseason rankings is going to be UNC. Um, I think they bring back a ton of talent offensively. Um, you know, they bring back a, a top-end face-off guy. They return their goalie. Um, they've got, you know, a, a, a nice transfer in defensive midfielder Daniel Striano. Um, they do bring back redshirt freshman Dominic Petromala, who redshirted last year, is now, you know, potentially looking to be in the lineup at the attack position. You know, where is he going to fit, you know, within that starting unit? Um, you know, they do bring back a lot of guys. You know, they bring back Logan McGovern, 
Lance Tillman, who were the top two uh, point getters for this UNC offense. Um, you know, and then they bring back James Matten, um, Harry Welford, you know, Andrew uh, Tyre, who, you know, finished in the top six on the team in points. You know, he finished with 13 goals and one assist. Um, and again, we just talked about how, you know, he's one of the top face-off guys in the country um, and is able to, to give that spark to the offensive end, you know, and then you've got some depth guys, you know, at the midfield attack slash midfield position, you know, a lot of these guys are going to probably get runs out of the midfield um, or they'll get runs, you know, maybe at the, as, as a man up guy. Uh, but you got An- Antonio uh, DeMarco, you have Ryan Levy, uh, Dewey Egan, Ty English, who is a defensive midfielder, but again, gave, you know, 10 points, you know, produced 10 points last year um, to go along with his 33 ground balls. Um, and again, you, he, you know, producing, you know, 13 caused turnovers. Um, so there's, a, a, you know, some balance there. There's guys, you know, at the face-off position, the defensive midfield position that can give your offense a little bit of a punch. Um, you know, when you look at the defensive side of the ball, uh, Paul Barton is back at, at the defensive end. Andrew Geppard is back. You know, you've got Alex Bresci, um, Daniel Striano, Ty English. So you've got, you know, a three-headed monster at the defensive midfield position. And then you got Colin Krieg, um, you know, who who played 14 games last year. Um, his goals against was 136 goals against. Um, his average was 11.11, um, you know, on the season. He had 125 saves. His save percentage was 47.9. Um, so again, you know, they're returning a starting goalie, but that you know, save percentage has got to get up a little bit. Um, I know, you know, Andrew Geppert uh, transferred in last year at a Brown, um, you know, so he's got a, a you know, a, a year under his belt in this defense. Um, you know, they've got a couple pieces back. They've got a core group of, of D middies back. Um, they have a lot of guys that are returning and bringing in, you know, some good, some good, uh, you know, transfers, that I think that fit. Um, as well as some good, you know, talent at the offensive side of the field, defensive side of the field in their recruiting classes. Um, but again, I think this team, you know, needs to kind of, you know, I, I hate to say it, but they've got to show us that, you know, they are a team to be reckoned with, that their offense um, and defense can complement each other. You know, we talked early on about how, you know, offensively, you know, Points per game, they were right there at number four in the country. Um, and then you look at assists per game, they finish at number three in the country. Um, so again, you know, this offense has the ability to produce points, to produce assists. You know, you're, you're, they're sharing the ball. But, you know, are they getting enough complementary at the defensive side of the ball? You know, that save percentage, I think, has to get up a little bit. Um, and again, you know, if their defense and offense can complement each other, I think this team can can make a jump and and not finish fifth in 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 the ACC. Um, when we move on to number four, um, this may come as a surprise, but I have Virginia sliding down, um, and it's it's just they do have a, a a decent amount of guys that are not back that did support you know this team. You know, making a, a, a big run last year. You know, overall they finished thirteen and four. Um, they were four and two in conference, nine and two in non-conference. You know, they lost in overtime to Notre Dame. Um, you know, 
And, you know, that right there, you know, losing some guys too, I'm just intrigued and interested to see how a new offensive coordinator um, will, you know, put their thumbprint on this offense. Is it going to be similar to what we've seen before? Um, you know, Sean Kerwin is, is a offensive genius. You know, some of the things that he does is, is just so simple, um, but so smart and calculating, you know, and it really does just, it, he looks at how am I going to put my players in the best position to be successful and just keep it simple and let them play. You know, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, I coach lacrosse and a lot of us that, you know, probably listen to the podcast either, you know, are a fan of the game, have coached, do still coach, um, and understand that like if you're yelling out commands to your players and your players are looking at you and they're not playing, um, and he really put this Virginia offense in a position to really just play out of some very simple structure, um, but again, you know, when you're playing against this high caliber type, you know, defenses and, and players, um, you know, there's just, it seemed like very simple rules that logically fit and just made sense. Um, you know, this offense does return Connor Schellenberger, who finished last year with 84 points. Um, they do return Peyton Cormier at the attack position, who finished with 64 um, he had seven man-up goals, as we spoke about before. You know, they bring back a beast at the midfield in Griffin Schutz, um, who had 40 points last year um, and and should be, you know, somewhere. He should be a preseason All-American. Whether it's, you know, first team, second team, third team honorable mention, um, this guy just has the ability to use his physical body, um, you know, in a way that just gives him great opportunities. Um, I feel like he's just a guy that, you know, is going to be looked upon to, to generate a lot for this offense. Um, then you look at Patrick McIntosh. Um, you know, we saw him in a lot of games last year. You know, he had 26 points on the season. Truett Sunder, uh, Sunderland, who, you know, was a freshman last year. And, you know, they would mix and match him, you know, sporadically. They would, you know, they wouldn't start him, but they'd give him some time. You know, there were, then there were some other games where they, they did give him, you know, a lot more playing time. And I think that's just to kind of get him comfortable in the system, not to throw him to the wolves, but to, to build his confidence, let him get settled into this offense. You know, as a freshman, it's not easy, um, but he had 17 points on the season. And I think paired with Cormier, Schellenberger, I think he's a guy that definitely can fit in that, you know, attack unit. Um, and, and, then you can kind of build in McCabe Millen, who is a you know freshman this year, uh, top recruit coming in. You can you can build his confidence the same way, and then you've got two young attackmen. You know, once Schellenberger and Cormier graduate, you'll have you know Sunderland and McCabe Millen, who are kind of the next you know heirs to the throne of you know great attackmen at Virginia. Um, and then you've got, you know, at the midfield, you got Will Corey, um, you know, who was able to give seven points last year. Uh, Noah Chismar, who, you know, gave 10 points. Um, so again, 
you know, they lose Xander Dixon, they lose Thomas McConvey, Jeff Connor, Peter Garno, Evan Zinn, uh, Petey LaSala, who, you know, could could give you that, you know, face-off guy, but also could give you, you know, the opportunity to score, you know, and they had, you know, a lot, a game plan to utilize him, regardless of if it was him, you know, coming down and being a threat offensively, if it was him, you know, setting some picks um, within the early offensive stages, you know, or just kind of camping out on the side and, and allowing the offense to play five on five, giving that offense a little bit more space, um, you know, giving the defense, you know, something, some kind of different look. Um, but I just, I don't know if they have enough depth. Um, they're going to need a, a, a lot of guys, you know, to kind of fill in and it's going to be younger guys. Um, you know, even when you get down to, you know, Ricky, uh, Ricky, who, who graduated, you know, and wasn't able to get another year this year, um, you know, he was a guy that definitely was, you know, moving up the ladder to gain more playing time this year. Um, Grayson Saladay is another guy that was able to give nine points last year. So again, you know, offensively, you know, I think they've got, you know, they've got Schutz, Cormier, Schellenberger, you know, Sunderland, um, McIntosh, these guys can definitely contribute. Um, but do they have the depth that some of these other teams have? You know, UNC is a team offensively that I think I like a little bit more than Virginia, um, but I need to see it, you know, on the defensive side for UNC. Um, and then when you get to the defensive side for, for Virginia, you know, there's a couple holes that they got to fill. Kate Sosted graduated. Um, so again, that's a piece that, you know, they're going to have to fill in. Um, they have Griffin College. They have Cole uh, Kastner. Um, they have Tommy McNeil. You know, those guys definitely can fill spots. Um, you know, and again, College played in 17 games. McNeil, um, you know, who's a guy that plays LSM. You know, played 17 games last year. Cole Kastner, um, who's a stud at the defensive end, you know, had 40 ground balls last year, um, you know, 17 games played. You know, those guys, those are, are big pieces for, for this team um, that, again, you know, they're going to need to find a couple other guys. But again, this, this, this Virginia team, you know, does a great job of recruiting, brings a lot of guys in. Um, you know, they also have Chase Yeager, who's transferring in from Harvard. Um, they got Jack Boyden, you know, who should add a little punch um, to that offense. You know, he was one of the best, if not the best offensive player, um, you know, for Division Three last year at Tufts. Um, and then, you know, they've got a couple of guys at the faceoff X in Thomas Colucci, who is transferring in from Colgate, Anthony Gobriel, um, who's transferring in from Navy. I'm going to give the nod more, I think, to Gobriel, um, but I think Colucci definitely can add a one-two punch um, that, you know, this team can really utilize um, and really take advantage of some other teams, you know, especially teams that just solely have that one guy that's going to continue to just go out there, you know, and take every rep. Um, having two guys, you know, should provide some some stability for that unit and not ask just one guy to go out there. Um, news in net, um, I think he just has to be just more consistent. There were times where he just looked like, you know, he was struggling. And, you know, when you see that in a goalie, you know, it's not necessarily what the defense is doing. I felt like it was what he was doing. I felt like he wasn't seeing the ball well, um, not, you know, 
communicating well with the defense. So again, I feel like there's some holes that, you know, this team needs to fill. You know, when we jump into the next uh, spot, um, you know, this is one that these, these top three teams, it could be, you know, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, it's got to be, you know, Duke, it's got to be Notre Dame. Um, but I've got it number three, I've got Notre Dame. Um, and it's not because I, I think it was a fluke that, you know, they won a championship. I do not think that. This team is, is loaded. They are dominant. Um, I just feel like Syrac- Syracuse and Duke, you know, have a lot more, you know, offensive firepower. I think they've got a lot of depth in a lot of areas. Um, and the thing is, you know, when you look at this attack unit for Notre Dame, this is, you know, what is going to feed this team. You know, you've got Pat Kavanaugh, you have Chris Kavanaugh, um, Pat finished with 77 points, Chris finished with 62. Um, and then you got Jack, uh, Jake Taylor, who finished with 33. So you've got your entire attack unit back. Um, then you then you go to the midfield and you've got Eric Dobson, um, you got Riley Green, you got Jerry Richardelli, who kind of can you know can sub into the attack unit, but is predominantly a guy that really contributes you know um, with the man up unit. You know, and we know last year what he did in that championship game. Um, you know, he was just fantastic in the crease, um, just his cuts and the way that he moves in there and finds little seams um, is, is tremendous. And not only does he find the seam. But he also finds the eyes. Um, he finds the eyes of the feeder. You know, when the feeder can see you, um, and you know the the ball carrier can see you, and you are in a great spot, they're going to move the ball to you. Um, so he did a great job of just being in the eyes of the feeder, as well as being in, in open space, and can get that ball in and out of his stick, and the ability to place the ball. Um, you know, when you're getting you know the ball fed to the inside. There is not a lot of time to just sit there and, and pick a corner, pick a spot. You got to know where you want to put that ball. Um, and a lot of it is just feel. Um, and he does have great feel on the inside. Then you get down to some of the other guys. You know, they've got Bryce Walker, uh, nine points last year. Ben Ramsey, eight points last year. Uh, Jalen Seymour, six points. Um, you know, and, and it continues. So they're very top heavy, you know, with their attack unit. Um, but I feel like... I don't want to say they're very thin, but, you know, outside of Dobson and Riley Gray, um, you know, Riley Gray finished with 19 points last year. Um, I need to see more from their midfield, you know, and then you kind of get into their defense, you know, when they, they do return Will Donovan at the LSM position, you know, played in 16 games last year, um, you know. You also have Ross Bergmaster um, returning at the defensive end. Marco Napolitano also returning. Both played in 16 games. Um, you know, but but you lose Chris Fake. You know, and and he's a he's a really good player. Brian Tevlin. You know, we know what he can contribute um, at both ends of the field. You know, and I think at the offensive end, when you lose, you know, Jack Simmons, Quinn McMahon, um, Griffin Westland. You know, those are guys that can score the ball. Uh, you know, Simmons had 28 points. McCain had 21. Um, you know, Simmons with 28. McCain with 21. Uh, Brian Tevlin with 18. Griffin Westland with 14. You know, you've got, you know, there's some holes there, I feel. Um, as well as, you know, losing a Chris Fake. You know, he came in 
as, as one of the best defenders in the country at a Yale last year. Um, and I, th- I felt like really solidified this defense. But then you also have Liam Entman, who is, in, in my opinion, um, top goalie, you know, in the ACC. I think he's going to be the number one goalie. Um, in my opinion, I know Will Mark is another guy a lot of people are liking. Um, but I like Entman um, out of Notre Dame as kind of my top goalie prospect. Um, I think he's a guy that if he finds the right team in the PLL, I think he he can have a great career. Um, so again, you know, I think they're a little thin defensively. Um, you know, they bring back Will Lynch at the faceoff X. Um, but again, you know, he is a solid faceoff guy, but not one of the top guys, you know, in, in the in the ACC. Um, so again, he needs to be more consistent and, and compete with some of the top end guys. You know, I think they got some holes on defense. Their midfield is a little thin. You know, they do bring in uh, Jack Bonomi, uh, midfielder out of Michigan. Devin McLean, um, an attackman who they have slated as attack slash midfield um, on their roster. He's a transfer out of Brown, but has been predominantly an attackman. Um, but I think they're going to run him out of midfield. You know, those are two guys that can bolster that unit. Um, but again, you're you're a th- little thin, and you're asking two new guys to come in um, and and immediately you know make a, a tremendous impact. Um, and then is is BJ Burlace, um, who's a transfer. You know, if we think all the way back, um, was a guy that went to Yale, transferred to Maryland. Um, didn't see the field a lot at Maryland. Now transferring to Notre Dame. Is he a guy that you know is going to fit into this system? Is this a system? Um, that is a system-based defensive unit and system. And can he fit in? Can he be a guy that you know can can fight for that third or fourth defensive spot? Um, we'll have to wait and see. I unfortunately, you know, the national champions. I have kind of in that third spot, um, just because I I like what I see, you know, from Syracuse, um, and I like what I see from Duke. Coming in at number two, um, we have Syracuse, you know, and when we go through Syracuse, you know, they've got Joey Spillina, you know, coming off his freshman campaign, Owen Hiltz, uh, um, who, you know, had a great season last year. Both of those, those guys finished in the top, um, you know, for points on the roster. Spillina with 68 points, uh, Owen Hiltz with 53, um, and then you kind of get down to Finn Thompson, um, Jackson Burtwistle, you know, Burtwistle finished with 27 points on the season. Thompson finished with 33. You have Mike Leo, another young talent for them, finished with 26 points. Uh, Luke Rowe, 13. Um, Sam, Sam Alexo, who uh, is their LSM, finished with, um, you know, six points. And then they've got a bunch of middies, face-off guys, D-middies um, that contribute. You know, and they contribute some points. They also contribute, you know, on the ground balls. You know, so they've got a, a big core group of guys. You know, after Alexo, you know, they've got Blake Earlbeck, uh, who you know finished with three points last year, and you know had fifty three. Uh, you know, had a ground ball. Um, you know, Carter Rice, Max Rosa, Carter Kempney, uh, Jack Finn, 
and you know those are guys that contributed you know and then they've got their you know two face-off guys returning in Jack Finn um, and Johnny Richusa um, but they also bring in you know uh, face-off guy Mason Khan um, as well as Jake Spalina, who's a freshman out of Mount Sinai, uh, brother of Joey uh, Spalina. You know, so they've got you know four guys that are going to really mix it up um, and make it interesting. Um, you know, when you get down to the defense, you know they got Billy Dwan back, Jordan Beck is back, Nick Kakamo is back. Um, you know, they've got D Middies and Dylan Sager um, and Vinny Trajuli, and you know then they bring in Stephen Schmidt. Um, and Max Wright, both LSMs last year uh, from Mount St. Mary's and UNC. You know, they bring in Christian Millet, Attackman out of Lehigh, Jack Stevens and Sam English, offensive studs and firepower, um, you know, for Princeton. So, you know, the list goes on and on with this Syracuse offense, the Syracuse defense. You know, they got Will Mark coming back, who's, you know, a top goalie in the country. You know, they, they finished last year, um, you know, eight and seven. And I think this is the year that they're going to make a big jump. I think they can make a big jump. They can make a big splash. They can have, you know, that Syracuse type season that we're used to and haven't seen in a while. Um, so again, I think they've got a ton of talent, ton of firepower, ton of depth at the defensive end. You know, when you when bringing back a lot of D middies, a lot of defensive players and your starting goalie, you know, it's almost like every unit is almost intact, except for a couple little holes, you know, with, you know, Cole Kirst, Alex Simmons, you know, those guys are going to be missed, you know, but you're bringing in a ton of talent out of the transfer portal. Um, And then we're going to jump into who we have at number one. And last but not least is Duke. You know, um, I, I like the way that they, you know, had their season last year and there were some tight games, you know, there's a, a, a tough loss to Jacksonville, you know, they had a tough Two losses to Notre Dame, um, but I think you know when you look at it, you know this team with Brendan O'Neill, Dyson Williams, Andrew McAdory, you know there's a ton of talent right there um, at the offensive end, especially at the attack unit. You got Aiden Denenzo, uh, Charles Balsamo, you know at the offensive end, you know, and then you look at the transfer portal when they bring in Alex Slusher, Brock Gonzalez, Josh Zawada, you know, say so add you know some more depth there, you know they've got six you know, stud offensive guys. Um, and then you got, you know, in my opinion, top ACC faceoff guy in Jake Naso, who's returning. Um, you've got William Helm, who is returning as well. You got Kenny Bauer, uh, Keith Boyer at the defensive end. You got, you know, All-American in Tyler Carpenter. You got Jake Caputo. Um, I think this Duke team, you know, who finished 16-3 and last year, I think, you know, they definitely had a redemption-type season after not making the NCAAs the previous year, coming back with, you know, a little bit of an attitude and wanting to prove people wrong that they should have been selected, you know, and without a doubt, you know, they, they had a dominant season. You know, they, they beat number eight Penn, they beat number 20 Syracuse, they beat number seven Loyola. And that's after Loyola had, you know, a very hot start. They beat number 14, North Carolina. They beat number one, Virginia, Number three, Virginia, a couple weeks later. Number 19, Syracuse. Number 19, Delaware. Um, You know, they beat a Michigan team who, you know, after they beat Delaware, and Delaware was a scary team last year, you know, and they, they beat Delaware by one. Then they go and they beat Michigan, and we know how Michigan was finishing that season. You know, they were, they were hot. They were red hot, um, you know, winning, you know, the Big Ten. 
And then they beat, you know, in overtime, number five, Penn State. So, you know, the, the, the proof is in the pudding. The thing is, can they beat Notre Dame? You know, Syracuse is going to be a loaded team this year. Can they, can they be successful in the ACC? I think they can. Um, I think they just have a ton of talent, a ton of firepower. Um, you know, when you got Brendan O'Neill, who, you know, is the Tom winner last year, he's the MVP of the world games. You know, when he's coming into his, his final season, you know, I, in my opinion, I think he's going to be the number one pick in the PLL. He's going to be the next face of, you know, the, the PLL. You know, he's going to be another guy that they're going to look to, you know, for branding and, you know, to, to continue that ball rolling. Um, you know, I think he's going to have a big season. You know, it's going to be interesting to see where they, they play some of these guys. You know, when you, when you look at it and you say, you know, Zawada's predominantly an attackman, you know, can they get away with running him out of the midfield? Do they move McAdory to midfield, who, you know, we know at the high school level had a, a, an amazing high school career, number one ranked recruit coming out of high school, you know, was a midfielder. Um, but having him on the field as an attackman, you know, he is a spark plug to that unit to this team, you know, when he even just picks up a ground ball, um, it sparks the rest of his team. So again, you know, I've got Duke at number one, I've got Syracuse, you know, bumping up, you know, to that number two spot, um, Notre Dame right there at number three, um, Virginia at number four, and UNC at number five. But I think, you know, when, it, when, when all said and done, I think this conference, you know, I think it can definitely get four teams in the NCAA. Um, I I will be interested to see how the bottom ha- end of this conference, whether it's you know UNC, if if Syracuse struggles or if Virginia struggles a little bit and finishes in the four spot, can this conference get five teams in? Um, you know, I know Notre Dame. You know, last year, you know, went on an on a incredible run. So did Duke. Um, you know, you look at UNC and, you know, they finished seven and seven. Can they improve on that? You know, I feel like if this conference is going to get four to five teams in, UNC has got to be better than seven and seven, much better. And, you know, Syracuse has got to be better, you know, than their record last year, you know, to finish eight and seven. These two teams have got to be better, um, you know, record-wise. And again, I think this is going to be a fun conference to watch. It always is. You know, these teams battle week in and week out. Um, And again, right now with the preseason predictions, we got Duke at number one. Um, But again, things can change as the year goes on. I hope you enjoyed our our episode. Um, If you like our content, Hopefully you're checking out some of our previous podcasts. Um, Our last couple podcasts, we broke down um, the Patriot League. And moving forward, we're going to be breaking down, you know, other conferences like the Big Ten um, as well, moving into the start of this college season. Again, thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the episode and check us out next week. Um, Episodes are live every Monday, usually around... um, dinner time, after dinner time. So hopefully you enjoyed the episode and uh, will join us next week.